Hello and welcome to Tip Manor Podcast. It's episode four of the season. It's been a long time. It's now dark and cold. Has anyone got their heating on yet? Nods, yeses, noes? No. Trim no? Off. Okay. I mean, it does cost more these days, doesn't it? Um, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. We've got a busy and probably quite chaotic episode lined up. Lots of news, some really good stadium stuff to talk about. I guess that's one good thing about spending so long faffing about. Um, and then, yeah, we the transfer window was still open the last time we podded. So there's a few new signings to talk through. And then loads of football. The last pod was just after... That amazing result away at Pride Park. And then we were previewing Barnsley. I said we'd win 2-1. I was the only positive one. You did. And we did better than that. We we did better. Um, So we'll probably end up, rather than doing what we used to do on the pod, where we were like, in the 32nd minute, we got a corner. And then we moved on to the 54th minute. We're going to just review all the games in a lump. (laughs) We did do that a lot, though, didn't we? Back in the day. I sadly enjoyed it, though. Maybe not uh, both of those examples, but I'm not sure the listeners did. Anyway, classic lineup. Me, James, we got John, we got Jack, we got Connor. And special guest appearance. A classic lineup with a twist. We've got Mark back from um OUFC Analytics or Analytics Oxford or Oxford Analytics. Mark, which way do we do we call it? Whichever you want. Just uh <laughs> emphasize the Oxford bit and not the second part, because I've I've veered away from that considerably now <laughs> okay data and stuff data man yeah data man spreadsheets All love it that. pastel shades in a spreadsheet there's nothing <laughs> nothing better um <laughs> second Jack's second appearance mate. yeah jack you do like like a spreadsheet do you love your spreadsheets don't you jack yeah we're trying to work out before we started recording um mark when you were last on this is your second appearance. We think it was covid times, but yeah. I wonder if it was good COVID times. 2020, 2021. I think I predicted that we would finish fifth. Uh, I think at the time we were probably outside the playoffs. Um, yeah. And I think I predicted that we'd squeak in, which we did. And then obviously there was the loss to Wickham at some point in there and you know, the pass that should have been a shot. And oh, was it that, that so... trauma? <laughs> <laughs> That's how you open. All of that trauma. I was going to say, Mark, <laughs> get <laughs> off. <laughs> Kick him off. I've, tur- I've, tur- I've turned this into a therapy session, I think, rather than anything else. Yeah. Well, last season, this pod became a therapy session pretty much every week. Yeah. And now it's a joy, euphoria. Yeah. Happy yellow world. And that, then we got feedback, didn't we, that it was too dreary. And I was, we just all were like, come <laughs> on. It was a terrible, terrible season. It was very sad. Um, Mark, if we can conclude the pod today, all convinced collectively that we're going up automatically through the means of yeah. objective analysis, that would be fabulous. Yeah. So that can be your your goal. For the yeah, end of this I pod. mean, I would hesitate on any um, sweeping conclusions after... Sweeping conclusions. I'm happy to. I'm, oh, actually, I'm seven matches. Sorry, uh, but I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to go with it. Just go with it. Before we get into news and stuff, um, do you still see the the Oxford Analytics as a as a hobby? When we're doing well, is it more fun to be doing, or when we're doing <laughs> badly, is there more to be unpicking? Type thing. Yeah, it's, you have to toe a bit of a line in that. 
obviously last season with things going quite badly, it's quite easy just to um, really jump on the negativity. And it's very mm. tough when there's not a whole lot going right to try and pick out something positive just for your own mental health, aside from <laughs> kind of just watching, head in your hands. Um, so this season has been refreshing. I think probably Manning is probably seen across the board as, as a good influence. He's doing lots of good things. And I think, yeah, it becomes far easier to to pick out some nice things that are going on. Nice. And things are going well when we're winning. It's a lot easier. In, in the line of work you're in, have you managed to get hold of one of his archived slide packs? Yeah, Mr. Man. <laughs> the infamous PowerPoint that, yeah. I, that, that again was mentioned on the dub, wasn't it? On our arrival. But um, yeah, I th- I, there's, a, there's a video actually on YouTube of uh, Brentford signing a player. And mm. I think at the time it was probably Andy Scott who was presenting to the player. And he put together a whole sort of PowerPoint of where he'll fit into the team, how they'll improve him, how they'll develop him, uh, the process of them meeting the chairman and the player just basically being um, bowled over by the fact that the club had, you know, made an effort, yeah. which seemingly has, has, has worked for us. Um, it's very noticeable in all of the, the Oxford press releases when we sign players that they all, you know, mention Manning. And the influence that he has and the style of football that he has as well that they want to be part of. So um, he's obviously quite a good salesman as well as obviously yeah. being a very competent and decent manager. I think it was Mills, wasn't it? That was referenced quite a bit. But maybe it was just because we were all imagining Danny Mills sat there being like, how are you going to treat my boy? <laughs> Overbearing. Yeah. I think in the last few days, there's been a bit about um, James Beadle as well, having quite a few options. Um and then coming to meet Manning and, and choosing the club based on where they sort of see him progressing and whatnot as well. So. Oh, ever since his knee slide at Derby, he's forever <laughs> in our all of our hearts. Um, cool. Let's do some news then. I'm gonna I'll rattle through the things that are probably <laughs> feel very old now. Wild shut's gone. Out Hooray! ten, John. How do you, how do you feel? <laughs> But he's he's returning strong, on Saturday. Strong nine and a half until yeah, that's why the point five is missing off that because <laughs> yeah. he's he scores because uh, he's coming on Saturday for a, a reunion. Oh. I don't know. Like every now and again, you just think he could pull off moments of absolute class. Like I remember picking this ball out of the sky against I think Wednesday, and I was like, yeah, he's got it. It'll come, and then it just just never did. So a good one to get off the bill, even though it cost us probably an awful lot. Yeah, just as long as it's not foggy at the weekend, because you know he likes a goal in the fog, doesn't he? So hopefully not. <laughs> I'm I'm still convinced Wildshot's like a pro because he used to just boot it and run, and that worked for him, didn't it? Earlier earlier on in his career, whereas now he was like just jostling his way through, and it seemed to break. So all the good stuff he did came from like a fumble and a jostle and a oh look, I've got the ball and I'm in the six yard box, hooray! Anyway, he's going to do that on Saturday, isn't he? Yeah. He's going to bundle <laughs> yeah. his way through successfully. Yeah. Um, For the first time ever. Um, and then shush us. Contracts have been signed. Jack, how are you feeling about Odonka? This is one, actually, I think we, we should get a take from Mark on as well. But what, 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 how are you feeling about it? And what, what do you reckon his role is this season now the window's closed? Um, so on the contract, I think it's good. It's always good to 
tie your assets down, especially if they're if they're the younger ones. Because I think the more first team football he gets, the naturally the more suitors there may be. Because I think a young young player playing a lot of minutes always attracts attention. Um, in terms of his role, I think unfortunately he's obviously picked up this injury where he's out for a couple more weeks. I think they're saying, but considering we didn't bring in that final striker or that final option in the window. I think his role is very much backup slash third choice, depending whether Sonny Perkins is going to get a run or not. Um, I think we've seen from his cameos thus far that he's matured quite a lot from the exposure he had last season. We've seen the kind of holding it in the corner flag. We've seen him set up the goal, Goodrum goal at Barnsley. Um, we've seen did he mean that touch? Does anyone yeah, remember of course the he touch? Did. Of course he did. It was ridiculous. If he meant to, yeah, small so, yeah, think... mean it, but <laughs> I think he'll have his role to play. Definitely, a lot depends on whether the other two stay fit, um, or, or you know, come January, do we look to strengthen when we didn't get a chance to in August? So he's got yeah. a role to play. Definitely, it's good to time down. What What do you think is the best thing for him, Mark? Like in terms of his progression, and he's he's only eight. I keep forget. I always assume he's like twenty one, yeah. but he's really not, is he? He's... Yeah. yeah, it's easy to forget. I think I remember when he, I think he probably had his debut, was it end of season, a couple of seasons ago against Doncaster or something? And he came on, he was this sort of quite wiry, looked very lightweight. He's obviously bulked out a lot. He's very mobile. I think if you look at what clubs want, they all want, you know, a mobile, strong 20 goal a season striker. Yeah. Obviously, he's not got the goals to his game yet, but I think he's probably got both the strength and also the mobility as well, as we see with his um, cameos of, of the corner flag cameos and throw-ins. Yeah. And he's, he's, I don't know. I mean, I, I assume Manning probably subscribes to the whole sort of rugby philosophy of having finishers and that type of stuff. And at the moment, he he's playing that role well. Um, if he starts to become a bit of a goal threat, which obviously you'd hope he would, um, then I don't see why he can't, you know, play a substantial role. Yeah. Um, but obviously it's it's kind of reliant. I mean, Harris has obviously started really well. And also Perkins is a little bit unknown as yet, but I, I suspect you don't get around the England youth teams unless you've got something about you. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, Connor Marcus Brown, again, feels like a while back. I don't know how close he is, but it was definitely months, not weeks type thing, wasn't it? But... It, it it was a shame because he was um, even what didn't he win the penalty away at Barnsley and that and that was it type thing. It, he just had a really good spell, but it just feels yeah. like we've been here before with with Marcus. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. I do feel for him because, like you say, it's it's a case of when's it going to happen again type thing. Every time you go down, everyone winces. So it's just a shame this one's a little bit. You know, well, another longer term one. Um, I suppose the only, the only kind of uh, silver lining, I suppose we can look at. I guess when we move on to the transfers, is obviously the signing of of Carl Edwards, who you know mm. slots slots into his position quite nicely and offers, you know, arguably a very similar style of play to to what Brown has, with probably a little bit more quality. Um, so you know, it, it's a uh, it's obviously a, a real shame for him personally. Um, but in terms of how he's been replaced, I think it's been, you know, handled very yeah. well. But hopefully, I think, I think Edwards might back. offer more. Edwards might offer more quality. But I think what we'll miss is Brown seems to be offering a lot physically and defensively, 
and it seems like this this team, the wider players are putting more effort in, but I think we'll miss in some of the big away games, having Brown on the flank versus Mills and Edwards, who are quite lightweight, to be honest. Yeah. Um, we are, we're spoiled, though. I don't think it's not a big problem. Yeah, Edwards looks... I mean, he's had a good start, hasn't he? Um, yeah. Goal wasn't bad. He didn't really have... it. didn't come to us with many goals in his game, did he? And then he did that against um, Fleetwood, so more of that. Yeah, that came out of nowhere, to be fair. I, I was thinking the same, because when we signed him, I... Obviously, you kind of you, you you hear things from from Ipswich fans or whatever, and they say you know he has everything apart from a, a final pass or a, or a final finish, and then and then Fleetwood he pops up with that as a final finish, and you're like, well, okay, he's uh he's certainly set the benchmark for himself in a yellow shirt now. Yeah, um, Eastwood's misses won't be putting chairs on eBay anytime <laughs> soon. He's staying around, signed a new deal, um, and then the interesting one, Jack. I think we can talk about this for a bit, but Negru. So Negru, obviously, incredible start to the season after Thornley. Did Thornley get injured against Cambridge? Or was it after? I think it was, yeah. And then, so Negru's come in, had a had a great spell. Argu- arguably, he's been the more impressive centre-back with more next to him. Um, and then, yeah, where were you on the whole um, Thornley-Negru thing when Thornley was fit? So I thought Negri would keep his place just by virtue of he's got the shirt, he's impressed. But obviously, I think Manning said after the game that he wanted a natural left footer at the weekend. So I think that probably shows a lot of how Manning's going to go about his season, that if he has to change a player because he believes that balance is going to work better, then it doesn't matter if you've been 10 out of 10, three weeks on the spin. You know, you, you may come out the side if it suits the side. Um, I mean, if you're Stefan Negri when you've, you know, you've played about... 10 games before you come to Oxford, you've delivered some barnstorming performances at Pride Park and Oakwell back-to-back, and then you fall outside, you probably feel quite, you know, hard done by. But, um, you know, I, I, I like Manning's style. I like that he's got that about him. Um, I suppose the Negri point, he's signed a contract now, so we've hopefully got him for a while longer or at least secured yeah. ourselves a decent fee if any of these rumoured teams step up their interest. Um Mark, is there anything from a data perspective, like where where do you sit on that that argument? I mean, Thornley came in and as as a starting centre back, didn't he? So it was always going to be a tough decision when he got back to being. Yeah, I, th- I think obviously when you recruit, you recruit to people that go into start your starting eleven, people who are maybe like Negru or Boltman, who are there as development prospects to fill gaps if people move on. Um, Negru, obviously in. Ireland played, like I think it was about nine games. He obviously then got his face smashed at Port Vale last season, so yeah, didn't even make it through one match, did he last season? And then a, a bit like McNally, I think he um, he came in after an injury to a centre back. I think it was probably against Charlton or something. And Negru's come in for an injury, and he's incredibly good at defending the width of the goal. So he's gets a lot of blocks in, lots of clearances. He's nothing particularly special on the ball. He keeps it pretty safe. Um, but that said, he doesn't really lose it. And he allows, you know, generally people in midfield and whatnot to progress it instead. I think he's he's been outstanding through the first sort of seven games or so. And I think Thornley, I mean, he, he came playing nearly 3,000 minutes in the championship last season. So he's, 
he's definitely not kind of a mug at this level. Obviously, he's been in League One many times before. So, yeah, for Negri to be keeping him out is obviously impressive. But I suspect that Manning will go through the season changing. He's not going to just kind of lump a young player in there for sort of 15, 20 matches and watch them break down. I think he's probably going to manage them quite well. So. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I suppose he's straight back in. Was he along? It was alongside Thornley last night, MK game, wasn't he? Yeah. Not too yeah. much to talk about there, I guess. But um, <laughs> he did say, Manning did say in the Fleetwood, it was either post match or before, but he was saying having that left sided centre back was important for the, the threat that he felt Fleetwood had. And that's where it kind of goes over my head where I'm like, okay, I mean, you know more than me, so that sounds fine. But um, yeah, it's one of them where if the game doesn't go in the right way, much like against Fleetwood where we didn't really start with an, a striker and Bowden in like this false nine thing, suddenly everyone's, we don't have those moments and everyone's clawing all over it, aren't they? Mm. Probably the same if we concede three goals or something, who knows. Mm. Um, Cole, any other builds on that? The Negru Fornley debate, covered all basis. I I just think it's really good that we've got we've got the options again. You know we've got it. It seems to me as though we've got a really really solid kind of rotational four at the back. Really, in in the sense of four centre backs. I mean, I know you could argue that Kieran Brown is a left back. You know, your argument is that yeah, he can Kieran play centre back. Kieran Brown yeah. did play centre back last night um, when he came on. So you know. Again, <clears throat> I think it's excellent that we've got that depth. And it's obviously with Negri's quality coming through now, it's 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 not just depth, it's quality depth. So I'm I'm very happy with the way it's, it's, it's turned out. And I think I think Negri's deal's excellent for the club in many, many ways, not just us being able to watch him play, but the, the financial the financials behind it I'm sure will be will be useful for us if he does pick up interest from higher divisions in the future. Yeah. It's quite a beastly potential back three if we ever wanted to go there and move Kieran Brown inside, isn't it? It's, it could be quite terrifying for people. Mm. I don't know. Not that that... A bit of height as well. Know. Yeah, and yeah, lovely stuff. Um, Other news, we'll get to stadium stuff. We won manager of the month, John. Huzzah! It's like, how many years? It's just... I mean, it is one of the most... 18, wasn't it? Was it 18? It is 16? like a really... Ramon Diaz, wasn't it? Yeah. Mental. It was 18, wasn't it? I think, yeah. So, I think I was like nine years old when we won that. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love making you all feel old. I love it. Uh, so good. Um, deserved? Yeah, absolutely. It's just... It always is such a pointless award anyway, but it just was getting so like so ridiculous that we felt like we deserved it um it's not pointless liam liam's face in that picture that i've got in front of me does not look like it's pointless (laughs) liam manning only has like two facial expressions like the very serious and focused and smite slight smile and where he says terrific every other word as well and the the, uh please don't maybe do the clock celebration oh okay i'll do it (laughs) Um, yeah, well, that was it. Was it was good news, obviously. Um, Bino's back, Jack. It's cool, isn't it? Everyone loves Bino. It is. is it, I is think re- I, I think the best part of a player coming back to the club is when it's like a cult hero player coming back because that feels 
like we wouldn't be talking about who the new head of player care was if it was like John Meads or something. Like the fact that it's been <laughs> poor, poor John. The fact, the fact it's been brings its own kind of thing. And yeah, I I I love it when we bring back a player that was really liked by the fans and in, in such a key role as well for where the academy's wanting to go, etc. It's really good. Yeah. I don't think anyone can ever underestimate what Bino did to get us back in the football league, his contribution. But I mean, John, Bino... John Mead stabilised things after him. Like, didn't John Mead play like a game at left back and got injured and went to Wimbledon? Is that Something the same like guy? That. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and then got injured at yeah. Wimbledon, then ended his career really early. Um, that worked for me actually, Jack. Usually, you'd say any name, and I'd go, "Don't remember that guy." But, <laughs> um. Cool. Stadium stuff. Now, I, I've i been rammed with work for the last few days, so I've managed to catch up a bit this evening. Um, I was looking at a WhatsApp group that was had like 428 messages in, trying to scroll through, back through that. But, um, I mean, the main bit is that, obviously, the, the council has approved the, the leasehold sale of the triangle, um, subject to planning, and it looks like we're going to try and get uh, a plan in place um, before Christmas. So, I mean, that's going to move quickly and amazing news for the club. I don't know, Jack or John, you guys seem to be chatting about it in on WhatsApp. Any, are there any, is there anything else beyond that? I think, John, we were surprised about the Westminster stuff that the club has got involved with, like really good, clever moves just before the, that the kind of deadline as well. Um, yeah. And lots of support from politicians in and around Oxford leading into it as well. So it all felt like it was going in the right direction, didn't it? Yeah, I think and it does add add weight in um, whilst MPs can't do much. they If they're seen to back things, it does sort of tend to swell through their local party. Because um, you've now seen the Labour group in Oxford fully backing the stadium, mm-hmm. puts a lot of pressure on the Lib Dems and Leila Moran, the MP, to give a firm opinion on the stadium and it's likely to become contentious if, contentious if they don't sort of back it. So that's quite a, a, you know, a positive move and sort of well positioned. I think the covenant is the other important thing to come out of the meeting is that this will be a sort of the council have asked for a, a covenant be placed on it. So it has to be used for footballing, sporting activity. So it starts to play into the whole well, it can't become something else down the line or, or yeah. you still need a solvent football club and all that sort of stuff, which is always going to be in the hands of the gods. But um, that sort of gives a sort of long-term solidity to it. And it just felt like the momentum had built up in the right way before it. Cause it, you know, if you think about the meeting, there's some excellent amusing bits that happened throughout it, but I, I don't know about <laughs> you, Jack, but I, n- I never really felt like it was sort of kind of con- contentious or as, sort of nervy as previous ones it it the speakers for oxford were all very very good and then the opposition was pretty divided and was just sort of making a lot of points in who was the nuclear person (laughs) (laughs) he was from the i think they were just laugh at that for a second please (laughs) i think it was the kidlington peace group or something and to suggest that it's ironic watch um, out for the dukes yeah, yeah that's ironic. Transport. Peace group, nuclear weapons. Nuclear <laughs> weapons transport would provide an issue if there was an incident just to the stadium. I think the 
point is rather if there's a nuclear weapons issue anywhere, <laughs> the stadium would not be the priority at all. So, you know, it felt, to John's point, I think the whole meeting went through with very little reasonable or strong opposition. It was, um, you know, right from point one, all the speakers from OFC and related people were, were spot I think, on. And... I think when the nuclear guy started up, I was like, we've got this. Oh dear. But, yeah. but what about the, what about the wildflowers? Yeah. I was going to ask Mark actually, if he'd done any analysis on um, yeah. wildflowers. I was in football. I absolutely hate them. I don't know about you, but I despise them. So they were right then. They were yeah. right. I seek them yeah. out and end them. I'm I am the standard football going fan who's gonna cause mayhem <laughs> on passovers over a dual carriageway and trample over wildflowers and you know probably want to be a little bit further away from about <laughs> 600 metres than a road if a nuke was going past anyway. But I think <laughs> it, was, it all felt, it's all very much sort of clutching at straws, isn't it? I think probably the point yesterday when I, when I was watching it, the moment they started sort of debating the detail and the actual intricacies, it very much felt like that there was a united agreement that they were going to move forwards. Um, yeah. I think probably after that, when they sort of took that lunch break, and a lot of the um, the opposition didn't seem to re-emerge from the lunch break. I've got the feeling that maybe things were probably going to be be in our favour. But yeah, this is this is a good first step. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot of um, opposition come the planning, but it's, I guess the onus is now on the club to satisfy all of the points. And um, yeah, they're in full control of that, which is the main thing. Rather yeah, it's exactly dictated by someone else. Oh, I mean, there's criteria. We talked about this at one point before, but criteria is set. Criteria has to is clear, and then meet it, and you're in a good good place. So I think it's really we're in an incredible place as a club. I, I, the thing I'd be really interested in is, you know, football. I, I was on AI software trying to design stadium layouts that are sustainable. As soon as you get those 3D images of what the site might look like and everything else that's when it starts to hit home so I you've think, been busy with work right <laughs> <laughs> this is a while back but you know like there was were any of the details discussed in the thing like beyond hotel stadium and kind of that uh, the green area and that type of thing or was it not at that level at this point in time not at that level it'll, it'll no come in at the, at the planning point um it was very much about sort of setting the principles. I mean, the boring stuff around this is that whilst the club has been sort of very on the front foot about, yes, we're absolutely sure ensure it meets the council strategy, has a fully costed net zero plan and all these sort of things, it does, it will start to get sort of more tricky from a commercial perspective. To, and that's where the planning application and planning side of things gets a bit more complicated to yeah. actually how you make this stack up. It's, but um, and I think some of the opposition groups were sort of deliberately targeting things like the land value and probably the, they'll go after the price of the lease and all those sort of things just to try and push it down to a later stage is how you try and push this away rather than they seem to be very quiet on the sort of you know local opposition to it and that sort of stuff. So as everyone said, the planning bit is by no means simple. Um, 
but I think the, the way the club's presented it means we've got a really strong front foot to come. Yeah, the whole community asset thing. Tim Williams was talking about the fact the women's team, and I, I agree, it's definitely where I've took my daughter to football just before coming on here, and she's massively inspired by the kind of women's world cup and everything else that's been going on and to have the women's team playing there i do think is will be massive as well and obviously i think that's definitely the right thing to be pushing um i really like the club this evening or today has trolled the wild <laughs> the wildflower <laughs> thing on twitter which was i was a bit like surprised but i also was like no it's just fabulous it's it's either um, like really well planned or the admins getting sacked Tomorrow yeah, it's yeah, that's one kind of it's literally one or the other, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, I just had that loaded, ready to go. Um, anyway, yeah, really good. Either that, either that, or Chris Maguire's return just for a little bit of extra shit housery. <laughs> I watched him last uh, night actually against against Oxford City for Eastley, oh, and uh, it was man. poor. Good on. Good old Oxford City, though. They're, they're on a run. I'm going on a tangent very quickly there. but Unbeaten, aren't they? Actually, Sorry, yeah. yeah. In seven games, oh. eight games. They've done really well. <laughs> um, Transfer business, then. Jumping, we are hopping around a lot today. This is just what <laughs> we do, isn't it? Um, Mark, because we've got you here, and we've, we've had Sonny Perkins, Greg Lee, Carl Edwards kind of sign on towards the end of the, the window. Um, and ultimately, it has been one of the best windows in memory I don't I think that's more of an objective thing for the most part rather than last summer we were kind of hoping that these lavish Josh Murphy and wild shot signings were the one but didn't really know like not so much tried and tested what what are, are you most excited about in terms of like a maybe like a top three or the players that have come in I guess where you as soon as you knew we were after them you were like that would be an excellent addition based on what Manning is here to be doing I think probably Rodriguez was the first one. Mm. Um, he was our first signing on a free, a huge day to stand out in the National League um, for several seasons, really. And I think probably a lot of people anticipated to make the move into the, the EFL a lot sooner. I think probably the problem that he has is that a lot of teams don't necessarily play with a number 10. Um, yeah. And also the perception that he kind of just drifts around and creates stuff but I think in the first seven games especially for us we've probably seen more his kind of off the ball stuff than we have his on the ball um, at the moment there seems to be a little bit of hesitancy when he does receive it and he seems to lack kind of like an initial burst to kind of get away from players but you can certainly see that he's got the ability to pick passes especially with Harris in behind defences Um I'm absolutely sure that he's going to come good. Um, and I know there's quite a few people kind of watching to see how that goes in that yeah. people that kind of held off on taking a bit of a punt. Um, but to get him in on a free, he's in his peak age. His output previously has been fantastic. I think, what have I got here, that he's sold, what, 19 goals, 15 assists in the National League. I mean, you're like 30-plus goal contributions throughout the season just for last season. It's impressive. And equally, his nutmegs in the <laughs> so yeah, top of the league, which is also incredibly league, important. Yeah. That's the only thing that matters. So, I mean, he was he was the first player. That is that actually in the databases? Team. Like player, like you know? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> there's with, a nutmeg um, count. 
So with uh, Statsbomb, which uh, Oxford have gone over to this summer um, as their main data provider, like they, when it comes to XG and various possession models and stuff, they um, they hold they kind of hold the ground share really alongside Opta, and within the within the, uh, the Statsbomb data, they have Nutmeg. So yeah, it's quite <laughs> easy to. I suspect that the analysts just kind of, you know made a table of top nutmegs and we're like, we'll go for that one. That'll do. It's been a bit weird with Rodriguez though, because Cambridge first game of the season, we were pretty shite for the most part. What 70% possession, Mm. but just could not break through that midfield. I think we might have a question on that in a bit, but then Rodriguez actually second half was really shone that day. And you were like, well, he looks a level above beyond what mm. the rest of our team's done. And then since then, John, we were watching the Fleetwood game on Saturday. Jack, you were there. I was giving him a little bit of a hard time for what he was doing on the ball. I think Jack, you were saying, actually, he was helping with the fluidity. I think I remember you saying, like he was helping to just keep things ticking over. But it was the it looked like he was getting caught in possession a bit, kind of eat, dropping to the floor, maybe when others would have stayed on their feet and calling for fouls. And I just think maybe it's, it. I don't know, maybe it's just because we're play, we're doing so well and others around him, like McGuane's been shining the last few games. So you're starting to look for everyone to be raising their game, but that's just not how it always works. But Jack, you were there on Saturday. You felt he still gave gave enough. Yeah, I think a lot of it is expectation versus reality. If you come in with thirty odd goal contributions and people expecting you to, you know, hit the hit the ground running, assist, score, but Saturday and I thought when he did he come on at Derby or at Derby anyway, he yeah he just knitted a lot of things together. He kept a move flowing. He picked a pass. He found some space. I think for Mills's goal on Saturday, he was the one who dropped off to allow Mills to come inside. Those kind of things. So. It's one of them when you sign a player who's got great stats in terms of, you know, scoring and assisting. You probably you are looking for that over everything else. Whereas actually, he's been quite neat and tidy. And I think, like Mark says, he's it's a step up. What two divisions, uh, yeah. first time in the EFL. So you know, I think he will come good. He's certainly in the right kind of squad to to show his class. He went up. He went up top for reasonable spells on Saturday, if I'm right, because Bowden sort yeah. of came back. Which... Can't be natural for him. I think he's sort of what I will always cling to with him is he, his passing qualities is clearly there, and he's playing the sort of passes we didn't, we weren't playing last season. Um, but I think he's probably we're starting to because we've got the base in midfield much better. His license to roam will probably only increase. But it's probably one way if you're there, you can get a better read on him than you can from iFollow because you just can't see what he's doing off the ball. Yeah. Um, and he does a lot. Of- he, he, he kind of triggers our press as well, even though we're not yeah. hugely pressing at the minute. But he is the first to go. He chases back. I think the problem or the decision that, that will come is when Harris is back from his suspension and whether you actually put Bowden into the number 10 or whether Rodriguez stays there. Bowden's form at the moment is so good yeah. that I think it'll, it's going to be really tough to keep him out. Manning seems um, to like him, doesn't he? That experienced head. Yeah, the... and I suspect if Henry was fit, like he'd really like Henry as well. Like they're just smart footballers, aren't they? And I think Bowden's obviously playing that sort of false nine and interchanging with Rodriguez. Um, 
which I imagine as a defender is probably quite tough to pick up, like players dropping deep and then they're kind of back onto you and stuff. But yeah, I think Rodriguez will come good. I think it's just probably picking up to the pace at the moment. What about, um, so Lee and Edwards, we kind of touched on Edwards a bit, but again, right at the back end of the window, both good moves from your perspective, Mark, in terms of what the data's Yeah, like Edwards is just incredibly fun. Like, but before he came in, like he's, if he kind of knits it all together, he's very easily sort of a top end League One player. Um, his issue, and as like lots of Ipswich fans said as he joined, is basically just his output. But I suspect like he's going to be the key for us when we play against low blocks, teams that just kind of sit back when there's no space in behind the defence. Harris obviously likes to run off the back of defenders and. Um, primarily kind of get one-on-one with the goalkeeper. Um, I suspect when we see teams, a bit like when Cambridge scored early Mm. and then they could just sit back and they could just basically just play on the counter the whole time. I think players like Edwards and Mills who can carry the ball, they can commit players, do something kind of exceptional out of nothing. I think they're probably going to be the key for us. Whether... Brown gets in ahead of Edwards when he's whenever he's back fit. I'm not entirely sure, but equally with Lee, he's like a different profile to to Brown. Um, obviously, goes forward. He's he's kind of his first match. He's almost like an excited puppy. He seems to <laughs> like. He seems very excitable. He's obviously like got a very good like energy personality. He plays to that style. I don't think like I've seen him get beat in the air either. Um, but again, I suspect there'll be matches where he'll be absolutely perfect and there'll be other matches where we just need someone solid and that's probably where mm. Kieran Brown comes in and just you know yeah. does his 6, 7 out of 10 type thing. I saw that yesterday, I think, watching the MK game. I know it's Tim Pot Trophy and all the rest of it, but I thought I thought Lee didn't have his best, his best performance. Um, he gave the ball away quite a lot um, in numerous different ways, not just through loose passes, but from losing possession while on the ball, taking too many touches. So, yeah, I think that speaks to that point, Mark. I think actually we've we've got quite a good blend, I suppose, with with various yeah. options, two different two different profiles of player. For sure, is it? It's good to have the mix and to have the option. I mean, probably one of the things with Lee is, you know, when he on his debut, obviously was sent off, but prior to that, we were down to ten men, and he was in the six yard. 18-yard box tapping in across when we're down to 10 men. Like, he's going to play the way that he wants to play. You know he's going to play that way. Um, I suspect we'll probably see wingers and uh, teams try and attack him behind him a little bit if he get, does get forward. But as long as we know that's going to happen, I suspect that we'll be, we'll be fine. Is, is, is Lee a player that gets, that marauds up? Like, hugs the touchline, marauds up? He's not the quickest is he I just can't work it you know when you think about the balance of fullbacks or the old Marvin Johnson on one side and whoever on who who would have been on the other it wasn't Bulldog at the time was it but even Chris when Callen, we had Scott was it Scarts and Bulldog and you had the left side would be pushing back Scarts would like come across and Bulldog would be up at the other corner flag type yeah. thing um, yeah yeah I think like he's, he's not going to be hugely running at players dribbling from his own half but he's he's going to link up well with the midfield and he's going to play far more 
progressively, I think. He's probably he's yeah. not going to stay back on the halfway line. He's going to get into pretty advanced positions and he's going to link up with the wingers and strikers. Obviously, knowing Edwards from Ipswich, I imagine there's a relationship there already. Um, and then you kind of introduce Brannigan then onto the left side of midfield and you've got quite a decent sort of triangle there that can work. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's horses for courses, isn't it? But the fact that we've recognised we need that alternative option um, is, a, is a good thing. Cool. Any any others that really stood out for you transfer-wise before we get on to some of the... I think <laughs> McEachran's always in that midfield three slash four, yeah. whatever we're going to be doing. I'd say with especially the loans, we've got loans from really quite decent clubs. Like, I, you know, when you go through it, I was, I was just, I just kind of listed all of our signings and hmm. kind of we had a little run of obviously the free transfers coming in in Rodriguez, Thornley, McEachran, Beadle and Stevens came in in June, followed by Harris, who was obviously out of contract, I think, and then and then Mills as well. So we've kind of got players on loan from, you know, Leeds, Brighton, pretty handy clubs who aren't just going to ha- sort of ship their players out to anyone, really. Um, and I think that probably speaks for the club and also Manning as well, that we can bring them in. Um, so, I, I mean, ultimately, it's just been a very good, competent window. <laughs> And I suspect we need to have a couple more to turn over the squad to a point where Manning like, is happy. But I think yeah. probably the work, not only getting players in, but also getting some players out was probably quite important as well. You just put your hand up, Connor. I did actually, yeah. I don't know why. It's just like work. For, for, Teams for, what, for, for what? For what? For the first time ever, I didn't just butt in like I usually do. So actually, my manners uh, should be respected. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I think it speaks to what Ed, Ed Waldron said on the Dub podcast this week, where he said about it when he came in at that role, you know, him and Manning were, or, and others involved in the recruitment process, were, were very keen to state that it's probably a three-window project. Three windows, and that's what, yeah. what they were working on the basis of. And obviously, this is their first window together. And obviously, Ed was very happy with with the business that you know that we've conducted. And I think as as fans, I suppose, who sit slightly more on the analytical side of things rather than just the average the average Joe, you know, we I think I'm personally very happy with the window. I think we've brought in some excellent players. I mean, if if we're going to pinpoint a couple for who we're probably most excited about, I, I really am intrigued to see how Mills gets on this season. I have a real kind of affinity to him. I think he's such an exciting player. Um, I think in his cameos he's shown so far this season, he does look, look like he's got a lot of the qualities that a, a winger in this league needs. It feels quite um, like mo- moment-based, doesn't it? Is, is there anything as in like... But, he but sometimes that's okay. Away, yeah. didn't do much, but, and then had that just yeah. destroyed two, two players yeah. on the right, came in, got the goal. And then even... Even Fleetwood is it? Fleetwood, goal yeah. just. But sometimes yeah. that's all you need is a winger. Is you know, as long as you do your other duties off the ball, you know, it is moments based. You know, if if you don't need to be hitting crosses, you don't have to hit twelve, you know, twelve crosses, and eleven of them need to hit your man. It's more, you know, it's like I say, when a, when a quality opportunity arises, the other one to take it. Um, 
But I suppose other other players I was interested in is Harris, obviously. I think Harris has had a good start to the season despite his silly, silly elbow, um, which I was Slash at. Stamp. And so it definitely was not a stamp. I mean, I caught it out of the corner of my eye. It was an elbow. Um, so I was at the, I was at the ground when it happened. Um so yeah, apart from that, Harris has started off really well as well. I think he's a I think I think that I think the, the idea that we didn't bring in another striker, I think also speaks to potentially some of the, the confidence that the coaching staff have in him, to be honest. The thing that I'm Jack, what what do you think is the in in the notes before we were kind of mocking out like a starting eleven, like four, two, three, one with Rodriguez in a, a ten, and then Goodrum was sat there on the right wing. Edwards on the other side with kind of Brown as the potential replacement, but Mills and Goodrum as well. Like, it's if for Mills's start, maybe the rotation will just be there, but it's going to be interesting to see how Goodrum, like, you know, he's had a brace in a game, hasn't he? And then what's his role going to be? Um, he's obviously contracted to the club, has apparently been interest, but Mills is there, needs to, has shown that he's got some amazing quality there. So, just you just see rotation and no real worries there. They're going to get minutes either way. Yeah, I think so. And now you got to remember that a lot of these players are young. So Goodrum kind of had an accidental breakthrough season last year because the recruitment had been so poor, and you had Murphy and Wildtrup missing for well more often than not. Um, so I think with Goodrum and with Mills, you know, it's his his first loan. They're going to go through peaks and troughs of of their own performance. So if they need to come out the side, you can put the other one in. Obviously, you've got um, Edwards now as well. Marcus Brown will be back fit eventually. Rodriguez can play wide. Harris can play wide. It's just so good to be able to look at the squad and go, we've got options in pretty much every position. You can change it up for a slightly different, you know, Edwards is perhaps more direct than a good room. At fullback, you've got options of a solid fullback on attacking fullback. Your midfield trio can, you know, mix it up as well. So, I think we've got a lovely blend of of youth, kind of that overexcited, almost puppy like um, attacking play, as well as the more experienced, solid stuff. So, yeah, if you're summarising the window, I think it's been, yeah, compared to the last couple of windows that we saw under Mister Robinson, it's a million miles apart. I, I can get used to the. What did you you coined the phrase, Mark? Thunder bastard strike. From the, <laughs> was that you? Yeah. Was it different? It was you. Uh, there's been millions <laughs> before me, I'm sure, but yeah. I mean, it's. I think it's probably what we're saying about Mills and Edwards and whatnot, isn't it? That we didn't create a huge amount of clear cut chances against Fleetwoods. Um, they hit the post. They hit the crossbar. Possible Sam Long, like handball at one point. I think definitely, yeah. It could I mean, have been handball, like yeah. incre- it could have been incredibly different. So having players that can can do something a little bit exceptional and do something a bit unexpected is obviously going to be a huge help. I mean, we should probably caveat it with that's not going to happen every single week. And <laughs> so you know, Edwards isn't going to cut in every single game and then smash one in the top corner. But like. If he has that in his locker and he can do that a few times a season, then yeah, it's absolutely it, worth it, isn't it? George um, Dugdale whacked something on Twitter about XG from open play. I don't know if you saw that, but it was like we're third yeah. from bot- bottom. In yeah, the... it's starting to be picked up upon a little bit in that from set pieces, we're actually quite good. Like we're yet to score, but we're, we're creating stuff. 
um, from open play. And I think this probably maybe speaks to Rodriguez and our sort of earlier conversation there as to what's going on. The moment that Rodriguez came in, we could probably kind of reverse engineer the way that Manning wanted to play in that Rodriguez is going to focus on through balls, which carry pretty much the highest probability when it comes to chance creation. Um, previously under uh, Robinson, we we just love to go down the wings, spam crosses, you know, Matty Taylor in the middle, kind of just nudging stuff in. We're obviously still going to use the wings with Edwards and Mills and whatnot, but I think there's going to be more of a focus on through balls, cutbacks, kind of creating these sort of high value chances, um, which are yet to come. And that, that maybe is just kind of like a fluidity thing. Uh, players getting up to speed, getting used to each other's sort of positions and whatnot. Um, I'm not particularly worried about that. I think if we get sort of beyond sort of 10 games or so, um, then probably it becomes a little bit of a concern as to the amount that we're we're producing like from open play. But I think for the time being, we're probably all good. Um, and then with a view to that improving, really. Yeah. With the, um, just a quick couple of other things with Perkins you referenced it earlier but he's won a lot of the other signings like with Lee and Edwards obviously the fan reaction from the the place they're coming from was positive with Perkins I think the vibe was didn't he leave West Ham to get more football at Leeds but didn't find played one game or something and then all the Leeds fans were like well he hasn't cut where we thought he was going to get to and then so now this is his chance but then he's got here and then you know, it it feels. Who was the guy we had last year that came in from Hull, didn't play, and just disappeared? What's his face? Striker. Oh, Smith. Tyler Smith. Yeah. Like, Tyler is Smith. it going to be another one of those types of things where we don't really understand it, nah. or is it? No. Yeah. <laughs> counter that. <laughs> no, no, that's no, guy. I'm looking for the counter. I no, no. I, I, I suspect he will be fine. I think he just came in like late in the window. A lot of our business that we did was pretty early on. They had a pre-season. I know McEachern spoke of having like a full pre-season and properly getting up to speed. I would imagine with the way that Manning wants to play, it takes a little bit of time to kind of know what your role is. Um, I would also add with, you know, when Lee did score against Port Vale, like Perkins was the one getting wrestled to the floor in the box, (laughs) which hopefully if Lee didn't tap in, there was a penalty coming. So... Like I didn't watch MK Dons last night. Um, I don't know what Perkins was like, but I suspect he will have his moments. He's going to play a role along with Adonka. Um, and yeah, I suspect he'll be fine. But that is my I think official I opinion. Yeah, I think <laughs> I haven't watched him yesterday. I think it was just the case of um, he seemed to play in quite a few different positions yesterday. He seemed to be Paul Pillar to post. I don't really think he really found a footing in the game. So I don't think it was a fair judgment of him. Yesterday, that's why those games um, are a bit of nonsense. Yeah, aren't they? well, like of course they are, but the, yeah, but equally they are still football matches. They are still quote unquote competitive. The players want to be there. They're still getting paid to play. You know, it's not. Yeah, I understand everyone's kind of huffs and puffs about the competition, and I will probably you know I still do watch it and I follow. You know, I didn't go yesterday, even though I live in Oxford. I could have gone, but um, I just chose to watch it at home and. You know, I thought Perkins showed a few little glimmers. 
but nothing nothing untoward yet. But then, like you say, it's it's early days. You know, I don't think he played in a played in a position that really suited him. He played number ten, he played out wide, and he played up front. So you know, he doesn't really find a footing in the game in a particular particular place. You're asking him to do lots of different jobs and have lots of different roles yeah. within that. So it was I think quite that's what I'm getting at. Like if if he gets like put into a league side instead of Bowden on Saturday. And then you, I feel yeah. like you give him more of an opportunity to show what he's about rather than getting getting put into a team where six of the players haven't played the previous game. Maybe yeah. a couple are out, more out of position. It's more about you as an individual a little bit more than do something. Um, but I don't know. The, the only other one I wanted to ask about before we get on some of the football was Waltman. Um, I know nothing nothing about the guy and I'm trying to understand what his role is going to be, but is he going to be another one that over time is going to make his way more into the squad or is it is he going to be maybe off on loan in January type thing? I don't know, Mark, what your view is on him. I enjoyed the game of, of guessing who he was in pre-season. That was quite <laughs> <a> fun. <laughs> Trawling through a bit like we did with, um, was it Derek Ossai? Oh, yes. <laughs> Working out the French Des. striker that's been released from... Division two or whatever, but yeah, I mean, he's he's another he's a number ten. I mean, as with most players that come out of you know Premier League two, like he's going to be technically good. It's whether he has the sort of physicality to keep up with League One. Um, I suspect for the moment he's probably going to be playing these these pizza trophy games. He'll get quite a decent run out. He'll be around the first team squad, and if we see a few injuries, like he'll probably come onto the bench and stuff. I don't think he's an immediate starter, but then I don't think he was brought in to be. Um, I I feel that Manning's probably well, like you probably wouldn't want too many others to be to be coaching you if you're an under twenty one. Like he's got a good pass record yeah. of, of yeah. developing under twenty one players. So yeah, I mean it's it feels like um, quite a decent educated. Um, punt really from the club which I think is yeah if you ask any fans we'd much prefer you know 250k to go on someone like Waltman rather than on someone that we brought in last summer for example yeah um football I do want to talk briefly about Barnsley it was so long ago (laughs) (laughs) Jack were we at but we went to Barnsley didn't we we did the magic food court before people that have a assumption of what Barnsley away is like. There's a beautifully like modern food court with lots of different options. It's fabulous. So make sure you go next year and then you can see another. That was the first win I've seen at Oakdale ever. So I was absolutely buzzing and it just felt, it did feel very Oxford United though, to be dominating them and playing so well at two nil for them to get one back and then get clean through and, then have a Paul Gascoigne-esque stretch from Devante Cole to avoid it, the equaliser and stuff. But um, great. It was a great moment when Goodrum scored, wasn't it, Jack? Um, it was, and it was uh, the 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 Odonko cameo, wasn't it, that, that set it all up. It was nice that it was in front of us as well, two of our own, so to speak, combining to kind of secure another big win. So, yeah, great day out. Yeah, and George George Fryer, one of the Yorkshire Yellows that we go to games with, um, I think uh, Danny Mills has put a restraining order <laughs> against him because 
it didn't on the a few days earlier at Derby away he spotted him got a selfie and then was just pestering him and then also saw him in the away stand at Barnsley and went up and was like just said to didn't he say to us Jack like a minute earlier if if Mills scores I'm going to run down and give Danny a hug and then literally a minute later happened and we were like George just stop George don't do it and he was down there <laughs> and he said yeah it was quite uncomfortable actually kind of ruins the whole moment um, so there you go um, amazing result to get there and now it's cold and dark it feels a million miles away. It was sunny in t-shirts, wasn't it? Um, Charlton was a bit of a weird one, but one where we just got the job job done. Alfie May's a bit of a... Just a player that always seems to turn up and do something against us, doesn't he? But, um, yeah, it's hard to remember this game. <laughs> it's one well, of that, those that is so long ago. That, that game was just one that really showed a bit of character, I think, within the squad, and it's very cliche, but... The fact that we were ahead for you know for the best part of fifty odd minutes, and then get pegged back, and then the momentum swing, and then obviously we managed to kind of grapple it back, and then you know win it with Tyler Goodrum in the kind of you know late echelons of the game. So that was a, a really good performance in the end, I think, the, in the way it panned out. Um, that was actually a, a massive confidence boost, I would have thought, for the for the lads after you know being pegged back at home. So yeah. that was a that was a really important win, and, all, and obviously style. that then. Pushed, pushed the charter manager to get sacked as well, didn't it? Yeah. John? I'd say that, that first half for me was quite a marker on the embedding of the Manning style and the play. You, you sort of saw it in certain the way the players were playing, um, certainly the way we were getting the ball through the lines, which I know is a bit of a cliche to say, but it's, it's true. You could sort of see a lot more of that sort of play coming about. Um, it fell away in the second half because I think one of the challenges we'll always get this season is sustaining that way of playing for an entire mm. entire match. But for me, the Charlton game, there was obviously some lovely bits as well from uh, the man, McGuane, where he did that lovely... Harris did the dummy and then he went... Well, I think that was second half, but or maybe late first half. But um, you could just see the sort of off-the-ball stuff coming together. Like I remember thinking, I think it was... You just start to see the wide players more in shot when I think last season you wouldn't have seen them when when the when they were countering on us and, and there were just lots of little things where I started to think actually this is coming together. It's not very Oxford United, is it, Jack? To it used to be the other way around. But we would kind of dominate them, play some really good football, they equalise and you're kind of like, we're gonna lose this. But it was it was I remember Jer- I put in the notes at the time, Jerome after the game was saying it felt different. And like he always believed that we were gonna get the job done in that game, regardless of how late it was when um you know Alpha May scored with like half an hour to go or something. But do you think we've got it's a different kind of feeling, different level of belief, different level of quality this season to be able to get those jobs over the line? Yeah, and I think it comes back to our discussion on players having moments because of the the nature of the personnel we've got. We've just spoken that Mills didn't really do anything but a Barnsley had a moment and set up a goal. Fleetwood, he didn't do too much. We had a moment set up a goal. Because um, we've got so many options, you always feel like someone's going to come up with something. Um, I think against Charlton, just on, on the winning goal, considering Charlton had, had equalised and were kind of holding on a bit, I haven't a clue what they were doing. Oh, yeah. We'd like, like, hit them one on the player counter. back. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> like was... rush football kind of thing. It was really odd. But 
Um, it was another goal where we almost kind of mucked it up in the sense that Mills kind of miscontrolled it or whatever he did, but Goodrum finished it quite calmly. And, and to, to John's point, it showed a different way of um, winning a game. We kind of been, you know, deserved to win by three three one at Barnsley. Charlton, we had to grind it out a bit more. Um, yeah. I don't know, Mark, if you're familiar with our debates about Marcus McGuane in the Jack and John. No, they they believe in McGuane in this kind of these forward bursts and that end product and it's all going to come. And to be fair, McEachran's come in and then it seems to have shoved the rocket back up McGuane. <laughs> and he's, he's putting in a different level of performance this year, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's he's been exceptional, really. Um, I think the... The McGuane that we all love is the one who who kind of has a lot of parallels and similarities to to Baptiste, where he mm. can take the ball like with players at his back, he can just roll them, and then he can just he, well, like you said Blind. earlier about breaking the lines, like he can just go past people. I think he came back this season and he just looks incredibly fit, like he looks like a, a proper athlete, which. I know it's a bit silly to say of like professional footballers, but he is chasing back to the corner flag. He's then bursting forward like the Charlton goal um, in the you know 80th minute or whatever. Um, I think probably if you're Manning, you probably want to see him do some of this stuff a little bit further up the pitch and start to kind of really influence like in the final third, like we started to see with Baptiste where he could pick a pass, he could you know, shoot or whatever from distance. And I think McGuane so far has probably shown kind of what he's got and what he showed when he first came to the club until it kind of feels like it was effectively coached out of him to a degree where he was a bit like Herbie Kane, a little bit like Lewis Bate, just asked just to kind of sit in front of the defence, shuttle the ball left to right, you know, don't really try and get forward a whole lot and just let the wingers do that. And so I think... We're seeing the best of McGuane. I hope we're sorting some sort of contract. Um, I think most fans are probably keen to get him um, tied onto something a little bit longer now. Um, we don't see yeah. a whole lot of him in the in the press or um, kind of after the matches a whole lot. He seems to kind of keep himself to himself, but he's he's obviously a good pro and he's like I think he's probably he probably shows how good Manning is in that he's someone that's very obviously been coached. And I think you can probably pick out a number of players that have been coached, you know, to improvement rather than just kind of setting up a formation, changing the captaincy, whatever it might be in the hope that something will work. Whereas um, you can see that, you know, whatever the the players do day to day is, is having a tangible effect on their, on their Saturdays, which is yeah, yeah. probably the biggest endorsement, really, of Manning. Is there anything that I'm not expecting you to necessarily like crunch the data on this, but can you generally sort of, when it comes to midfields, because I'm a bit obsessed with like Brannigan's role and I, I feel like it's been sort of adapted and tweaked in a way. Can you generally see what teams are doing and how they're being instructed through the data or to try and get yeah, a sense of even... how the two of them have basically clicked a lot better and I think it's probably to your point around effective coaching is probably most of it but can is there anything we can yeah. kind of glean from the fact the two of it's, them have it's, got a balance it's 
it's kind of styles complementing each other as well. Um, obviously, everyone absolutely loves Gorin, um, and everyone's been crying out for a player similar to Gorin, and we all felt we needed you know a bit of a number six or number four in old money, like someone to hold. But I think we've probably seen that if we've got the work rate off the ball, you don't necessarily need that. Um, McGuane is obviously um, very good at picking up the ball, very press resistant, can carry the ball and create things. Uh, Brannigan ticks it over. He's a bit more of a passer, probably. I think his quality on the ball is slightly better than McGuane's, but you've kind of got two different profiles, which again, with McEachran, if he ever comes in, he's obviously a very solid passer and, and also does a lot off the ball, which I think... Um, went a little bit unnoticed when he signed is that actually defensively he does his fair share. He's certainly not a passenger in that respect. So um, you can kind of initially go at quite a broad level, just looking at, you know, simply where does a player pass? Where do they pass to? Who do they pass to? You can then start to cluster that and start to look for trends as to if a player picks up a ball in X position, how are they most likely to move it to Y position? So whether that's through carrying the ball, passing the ball. And then you move on to things like um, expected threat, which Manning has spoken about, uh, which... XT. Yeah, XT, which obviously football Twitter doesn't necessarily help itself with all these these (laughs) names, but like XG has obviously come into the consciousness and that's like quite an intuitive thing is that's just... You know, the probability of scoring a goal. Is it a good quality chance or not? Um, XT starts to then measure the ball progression where you don't necessarily have a final action. So, for example, against, um, I think it was Port Vale in the first half, Finn Stevens put several crosses into the box, which I remember thinking at the time, if we had Matty Taylor, he'd be like just mm. gobbling that up all day. And... Yeah. We didn't have a final action there. A shot wasn't taken. An attempt wasn't made. The ball probably went out for a throw-in. But we intuitively know that that is a threatening situation and that that is an action that will deliver goals if it's consistently repeated. Hmm. Um, So you can start to kind of start off with quite a broad level and then you can start to really filter it down to work out what players are good at. And then, of course, when that that really comes into the recruitment, you can then use that to filter through hundreds of players um, to fit specific profiles that you're after. Um, so, yeah, can be used the, um, quite effectively. Just reliant on people knowing what they're doing with it, though. Because they, they seem to, just as a two, just to seem, certainly in the Port Vale game, just recycling the ball a lot quicker. And I'd speculate this, I don't know this, but I don't think Browning hands on hangs on to the ball as much as he was before, and I bet his average position is probably a bit different to last season. He seems to be a little bit less box to box in his in his makeup, and um, yeah, it's just because we're not seeing a lot of the faults that we did see last season with somewhat similar formation at times. Mm. Um, but I think he's allowing Brannigan to play a just a different role. He's sort of mm. concentrating more on where he can be effective rather than trying to have to do everything. Yeah, and and I think Manning has kind of made a point. I I found a, a YouTube of him from a couple of years ago, I think, where like formations are effectively just there to try and get a player into 
to their best position to showcase their their abilities. So if you if you're you know if, if you're a left back like we said earlier about Lee and Brown, they're both left backs, but they're both very different types of left back. And so I think Manning's probably quite good at you know people are in a rough position again like Rodriguez, like Bowden. One's a striker, possibly one's a number ten. But I don't think he's going to kind of hard code them to say you must stay up as a number nine. There's quite a lot of instances again against Fleetwood where Bowden's kind of dropping deep. He's doing his little flicks around the corner onto people running on and stuff. So I think there's quite a lot of fluidity within what we're doing. And I think players like Edwards will probably start to excel, the same as Mills, in that they have a little bit of creative license to do this stuff rather than, you know, just focusing on, you know, truck it, tracking a left back for the game or something. Yeah. The, um, just on the sorry, James. Just on the yeah, McGuane yeah. thing, um, I was quite happy, Mark, because I'd written down ahead of this pod about I thought McGuane's awareness has improved tenfold this season. I saw you, <laughs> you put a piece out on the account <laughs> a, a, earlier about him yeah, looking yeah. three times before receiving the ball. I, you know, that's probably the coaching element that we're talking about. But I think it's no. So, say that again. He's, he's what he's looking. Yeah. So there's a clip that Mark put on of. He's, before he receives the ball, he looks over his shoulder three times to spot the space of where he's going. I think that's a whole step above where he's been, at least in the last year or so, where I think last season he picked up the ball and didn't know what he was going to do with it. Whereas this season, yeah. you can see that he, he's he got his head up straight away when he receives the ball this season. He's picking passes earlier. I think something we discussed seasons ago was that he was a very head-down player, whereas this year he's definitely you know, taking it up a notch. Um so yeah, for all I my McWayne last, loves, I, think, I was very happy to see that. <laughs> yeah, I think last season he probably would have just received the ball and then just sort of passed the ball the way he was facing, just back to a centre-back, back to the keeper, sort of jog back to the halfway line and kind of, you know, someone else can do something type situation. But in that clip, I was just kind of looking through a little bit um, kind of ahead of this. That clip that I put up today was about 30 seconds, I think, probably before the, the Edwards goal, um, where Finn Steven, uh, yeah, Stevens then crossed the ball, the ball came back out, and then again, we just started from defence, played through, and then and got the ball out wide. But he basically just kind of scans over his left shoulder, I think three times. Um, can't really see too clearly, but he knows exactly where players are. He then obviously has the ability and to then let the ball run across him. And then thereafter, rather than just kind of being like, oh, well, I've beaten my man, give it to someone else. He's then actually driven into space and then fed Stevens out wide. So this is all like quite valuable stuff, which um, is very easy kind of just to, I, I guess, maybe dismiss as, as being pretty standard. But I think um, if you were to try and name similar players within League One that... yeah kind yeah. of play to that profile. I think you're probably looking at someone who has quite a unique profile. And and again, as we've seen with Baptiste, like the way that teams play, trying to press high, that sort of stuff, I think it's, it carries a lot of value. Going um, just quickly on, we kind of referenced Port Vale a bit there. Connor, you were at the Port Vale game. A bit frustrating, but a bit not reading too much into that game, I guess. 
a game of some pretty bizarre moments. When we got that equaliser, we all felt we kind of got away with um, <laughs> what had happened prior. And then um, how did it feel when that... I think I remember you sending a message saying, I love football or something. And I was just couldn't quite work out if you just enjoyed the emotional ride or if you were No, it was pure... It was heart, yeah. It was heartbreak at the end. Yeah, <laughs> it's just one of those games, isn't it, where the emotion was so was so high and then so low so quickly. But you, it was a it was a frustrating game because I think if this is going to sound weird in football terms, if we wouldn't have gone behind, I think we would have gone ahead. I thought it was coming, but it just didn't come quick enough. Um, we didn't quite break them down. Um, they they often did you know they defended in a low block um, and they were they were quite happy to sit and absorb and absorb um, and then obviously once they once they did go ahead and obviously it was all you know that we really did try to with ten men to really try and, and and knock on the door and break them down and obviously eventually we did but unfortunately it wasn't to be with with you know a little bit of a another rash decision from, from Greg Lee to get sent off. And then you, you know, when a team has nine men and the ball is going into the box, you'll think, and, and the opposition opposition side are trying to win the game. They've got every player up. You could just see just the numerical disadvantage was glaringly obvious. Yeah. And then I obviously, felt, unfortunately, I felt sorry for Stevens. Unfortunately, Finn Stevens. Yeah. Him. If, when you watch it back, I do think, does he have to actually dive in? Does he have to do that? Do you not? But do you not back? You know, do you not back your goalkeeper just to try? You know, but, but it's hindsight now, isn't it? But unfortunately, it was one of those where I'll be honest with you. As soon as that penalty hit the net, I walked out the stadium. <laughs> so because you just knew it was going to be the last kick of the game, basically, and I was just like, oh, yeah. David um, was out the pram. That was a bit. I know, frustrating, but it's what it is. Much has been said about there. 7-0 opening day defeat but Port Vale have flown yeah. haven't they yeah um, yeah. I think the reality is like home games will probably be like that for pretty much every team that turns up I think they'll they'll, they'll all look kind of stymie and we just this is where the sort of the points around Edwards and Mills will be even more probably important at, at home because we'll have to break down teams like this and this is taking away the sort of Harris ridiculousness and Lee being ridiculous mm getting sent off and all that stuff but I thought it was quite a yeah again quite a positive progression um coming all the way back to Mark's point that there's certain elements that like more clear-cut chances I think we need to create but from a sort of curve of progression of the team it was pretty good until 60 minutes and then we went to shit it did it did feel a bit Cambridge away-esque at times though that game um not quite not quite the same that game does feel like that performance feels like a million miles away. I forget their midfielder's name just bossed us, but um, yeah. Um, and then obviously went to Fleetwood, decent result, no pugwash. First clean sheet we've had there, been wide, widely publicised. Thunder bastard strikes. No, we, no pugwash was genuinely the best thing about that game. Like, <laughs> seriously, we... I'm not even exaggerating. We... The fact we didn't have to listen to that song. Was the best was the best thing about that whole game. Like it was fantastic. Do we count? Um, I really liked Bowden's goal. It was very Bowden, wasn't it? Right, weak Great foot finish, and then yeah. 
But does that count as a set piece? It's kind of yeah. it looked yes. intentional. Moore Got didn't Moore head the ball down it's to it. Head it, headed it back. Yeah, headed it back across into his path. Yeah, yeah. it's got to it's got to be classes from a set play. On a, on a quick vote basis, which is which was better, Edwards or Mills? I liked Edwards. Um, I think Mills personally. It's Mills is left off. foot. I know, but Edwards weak was foot. Like, Okay, Weak got foot. one, one for each, Jack. I'm, I'm going Edwards because he'd set the fullback up to do that a couple of times just prior, and as in he'd, he'd murdered him twice and then finished it off with a goal. So Edwards for me, Mark. Yeah, Edwards. I think for for Jack's reason, when I looked at it back, at Edwards actually, I think there was a couple of occasions beforehand where he did a step over and then he he went on the outside with his left foot. Um, I think the right back was. Was it Ryan Broom, was it, as well, who, yeah. like, yeah. I know him as more of an attacker. So, you know, like, he, he kind of, yeah, set him up there. And also just the play before it as well, like, just yeah. nicely out of defence. And, and the away end and then behind in, it, which makes it look yeah, better. It was, it was nice. It, was, <laughs> it doesn't it matter, nice. but I would have got, got Mills <laughs> with Connor, so... Mil- yeah. the, yes. I had, Mills is more important as well for where it was in the game, I'd say. I just didn't know he had a left foot. At all. No, That's why I was kind of like, Jesus, yeah. he's now very exciting. I thought he was exciting before, but I was like, these steps up a level. Edwards, I wasn't surprised. Weird, say. weird game though, wasn't it? I, I know Mark's already referenced it. Jack, you were there, but like, didn't really work. There was another like disallowed goal where Goodrum like backheeled it in or something. And then Brannigan on the right hit the po- outside the post, didn't he? But we didn't really work their keeper nor create that much. But then you... When we've taken the lead in the what before twenty minutes, I don't know how much you care. Like I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's one of them, isn't it? It was. It wasn't an odd game in a sense. It felt like, and this is biggest cliche ever, but we scored at the perfect times. Like getting the second goal about ten ten minutes after the first, after not really particularly dominating the game. We had, we had a lot of possession, but we weren't you know banging on the door constantly. And then the third goal to top it off. As arguably, Fleetwood had probably the best chance in the game with the Stockley header. You know, if that goes in one long before half time, the, you know, again the cliche. Lot of ball on it's, box it's on the edge game. of the box as well. Like there's, you know, it wasn't quite a sort of um. Can't remember which game we were talking about where if it, other things had happened, but if they'd been a bit more effective. I don't yeah, they, they, weren't, they weren't. They a hit good the team, woodwork but... twice, and then t- I remember Tishy Manga, my mate, Boreham Wood <laughs> legend. Um, going like just had like the whole pitch to run into and didn't know what to do, which told me that maybe I was shouldn't be as excited about that guy. So I was, but it happened twice. He just had like the whole pitch in front of him, and I was I, Elliot Moore had like gone to right wing and some other stuff had happened. Um, but they just couldn't. They didn't have the quality, did they, to kind of punish us? Ush, gone Dutch for a second. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't think it felt like we ever really got out of second gear. And if they had got a goal back, I think we could have stepped it up again. Yeah. I think the away end generally felt pretty confident that, you know, we were had the ability to really step it up if needed. Cool. Um, Connor, there was lots of clicks there. Are you, are you playing Minesweeper or are you doing some research? <laughs> no, or? I was actually looking at some of the, the XG stuff for Oxford, Oxford on Opta, actually. Yeah, I like that. I was interested in it after we were just talking about it. That website that did, do you know during COVID, that did all the predicted points stuff and I forget, it's the same one. Um, 
Mr. Dugdale posted, but I find that quite useful to mess around on. But it's also quite addictive. I see why you're in the <laughs> in the trade, Mark. Um, yeah. Just sad. No life. <laughs> before we um, wrap up, just Mark, who have we got to? We said we'd conclude the pod with you telling us that we're going to win the league or there or thereabouts. But yeah. when we look at the competition in League One, who who are you kind of looking at that you feel is going to be up there? Is there anyone that hasn't quite hit the mark? Do you expect to be up there? Do you think Pompey are going to be with Massinho, loving life or Wickham are on the run I think as well. really interesting. Yeah, I think there's a few. I think for me, I think probably Bolton are. Um, one of the standouts in the league so far this season. I, th- I know they're currently in seventh, but uh, yeah, in seventh. But I think they're probably going to come good. They've signed some good players. They're pretty prolific up front as well. Um, also, really like Lincoln as well. I think they've brought in some interesting players. I think they're. Um, did they get Tyler? No. Was that, did they get what's his face from Forest striker? Or am I losing my mind? Who's the yeah, Tyler, Walker. Yeah. Tyler Walker? Yeah. Tyler Walker. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. There, yeah, yeah, got back. Yeah. yeah, they've got him. Uh, yeah, they've got a whole load. I mean, Ethan Hamilton as well, pretty, pretty well versed, and also Danny Mandriu as well, who they they brought mm-hmm. over from um, Ireland for like seventy grand or something. You know, so they're I think they're ones who could well go under the radar a little bit. I really like them. I think they're a good team this year, and then. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's the strongest iteration of the league. I think we saw um, some pretty big clubs go out of the league last year, and then also, you know, obviously a few a few bigger ones also drop out. And um, with teams like Reading and Wigan coming down, they're obviously Reading playing a whole load of youngsters. Um, yeah, Wigan have a pretty decent team, but you just they're unpredictable, you know. You don't you don't know what you're going to get. Just like Reading last night against Exeter, and you know anything could happen. So, I think when I kind of look at us, we just need to have a very consistent, steady season. We don't necessarily need to blow teams away, um, but when you look at kind of performances like against Fleetwood, where we looked pretty comfortable, and we kind of did good things when we had to. I think that probably stands us in quite good stead. Additionally, the kind of the the second 11 that we have as well, we've got players who can come into the squad, which I think if it's probably one or two, then we're probably going to be fine when you see big changes like last night. I think we're probably going to see um, quite disjointed play, but we've already seen this season with like injuries, suspensions, players can come in. Manning's obviously big on on the fact that everyone's going to play a role. So even um, players like Murphy, who's seemingly got kind of three or four wingers ahead of him, um, apparently came yeah. on last night and did quite well. He's and he did well quite, in the first the Northampton a, game as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think, you know, they're all going to play a part. It may not be this weekend or it may not be this month, but there'll be a point where we are going to need... Murphy, whether that's at left back or left wing, I don't know. But um, yeah, I'm excited for this season. I think we're definitely well placed. I can certainly see a situation where we get to January, are in a good spot, a little bit like Plymouth 
last season where they they then bought in um they bought in Ben Wayne a striker they bought in Jay Matete in midfield in January I think we're probably in a position where if we can get ourselves to January we seemingly have that sort of half million burning a hole in our pocket ready to be spent on yeah. someone um I think you could probably see us to strengthen come January and then hopefully have another push. I'm naturally incredibly positive, so I will of course <laughs> always say that it's it's gonna be fine, it's gonna be good. I was I was saying that even last season, you know, whilst crying simultaneously. So, <laughs> uh, it it yeah, would be it would be great, was... wouldn't it, to get to Jan in the playoffs and just have the Marriott stuff felt weird anyway. Like I was quite happy it didn't conclude with anything in the end. I just I don't know. But I'm very torn on it personally. Like it's after seeing Marriott for Fleetwood, like if we'd spent half a million on that performance, I think we'd probably all be wondering why. Um, But I think there probably is a recognition that we are going to need someone. And obviously the, the interview with Ed Waldron on the dub this week, where they were talking about possibility of looking abroad as well. Now Um, the change of the GBE requirements means that we can actually go back into some leagues that we couldn't previously for the last couple of years post-Brexit. So yeah. we could do some exciting stuff. I mean, Van Kessel, of course, is another thing. When you think yeah, about Saturday... Yeah, isn't great. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you think about Saturday, we've got, well, unless Perkins has really sort of changed minds, we're going to go with a sort of the Bowdoin option, one assumes... That probably worked pretty effectively against Fleetwood, who kind of wanted to play sort of two centre backs up against one or another striker. So it kind of worked quite well. Exeter, a much more confident team. It still is a sort of gaping hole up front. So it's it's by no means um, fully there. Yeah, yeah. Exeter play play three at the back, like they've got some. In sort of Pierce Sweeney and uh, who's the other centre back? They've got uh, Ameson as well. I think they've got pretty big units back there, um, and then they just rely on their wing backs pretty much. Dimitri Mitchell, who does delivers quite a lot, and uh, I think it's Reese Cole as well, another player who who delivers. And they've got a player on loan from Brentford, um, Ryan Trevitt, who plays as a number eight who's quite a tidy midfielder and sort of makes stuff happen. So I suspect we'll probably go for something similar to what we did against Fleetwood. Um, I don't think any players by the sound of it did anything to change Manning's mind. On, yeah. Yeah. On Tuesday. It's no, no bad so, thing. If they play three at the back nah. to sort of play a front four, do what the hell you like formation. Yeah. It's be to be technical about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is possibly you know, is going to provide some ask questions of a flat of a three at the back who want who will want to play up against the player. So I'm encouraged by that. Yeah. Um. It might be worth Mark getting in contact with Cheltenham and recommending some attacking options for them. Has it, <laughs> when was the last time a team went eight games to start a season did not score one goal? That's unbelievable. I have no interest in those types of stats. <laughs> Everyone kind of goes to me, oh, when was the last time this happened? I'm like, 
don't no, think. No, I know, but I'm just... Can you, can you recommend them a new manager like, as well? You know, a story. Yeah, that's... I'm probably going to have to invoice for that type of stuff, but it's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the problem with Charlton is also, it effectively just comes down to budget, doesn't it? And last season, they did incredibly well to kind of... I think they kind of finished 16th or something. By the end of it, they were quite comfortably clear of um, relegation, but then... Yeah, they let us have a nice team. win, didn't they? After, yeah, it was really generous. Yeah. Was, <laughs> and they're they're just incredibly reliant on loans and the quality of the loans that they can get in. And so, um, I think Michael Duff was obviously a bit of a standout there and, and did incredibly well with them, considering. So, yeah. I Where did he, didn't he go to Barn? No. Where did he go, Mike? Did he go to Barnsley? Barnsley then Swansea, isn't it? Wow, that was quite quick, wasn't it? Hmm. Um. Wow, well, poor Cheltenham. Anyway, right, yeah, Exeter Saturday, and then, um, oh, then Stevenage away, the Jurex. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I um, yeah. Can you say there's train strikes for Stevenage, Jack? Train update on Tutmana podcast. Yes. Yes, from Jack. Good job. I'm going on the coach. So I'll be there reporting live. Give Steve Evans my best wishes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't Steve. worry, Jack. That's the, that's the main reason I'm going. It's just just to see him. <laughs> I'll see yeah, him I'll again. See in, in, in the, well, oh, John, what are you implying? Um, but yeah, I'll see him at the Kasam as well because I'll be sat right behind him. <laughs> Any um... can't wait. The man gets results, ultimately. <laughs> Didn't they win the first three games? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Jesus, James. He might get results, but it doesn't mean I can't shout at him and call him a prick. But, yeah. <laughs> Steve Evans, wow. Evans or Wesley, Mark, if you had to pick one? For what Party. reason? Your wedding Managerial tax advice. <laughs> Best man. <laughs> yeah. Best man. Probably go Steve Evans. He's Yeah, he'd he'd have a joke, surely. They're, they're both atrocious. I c I can't even <laughs> it's a very dark time in, <laughs> in in the Oxford in the Oxford life, considering those two. Uh, um Okay, cool. Does anyone have any final questions for Mark before we let him abandon? Next time you come on, Mark, you get the hat trick ball signed by Good. Connor. <laughs> by all of you, hopefully. By me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think probably, I mean, we just look like a competent football club again, which I think is quite nice. Um, it's quite nice just sort of working through the trauma of the last 12 to 18 months and actually looking like a, a sensible team, which I think is probably the, the nicest thing that I can experience at the moment. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, I the, the final thing on I heard on the dub they were talking about should we be worried about Manning leaving and I was just like come on <laughs> no yeah we're like I eight games just, in I was just seven was, games let's in. Let's enjoy like, it <laughs> please don't start talking about stuff like that God um, no chance yeah all right well thanks everyone for listening and Mark thank you very much for. No spending your whatever day it is Wednesday is it Wednesday today Wednesday yeah Wednesday no work today it was all cancelled so I've been in preparation for this all day so 
hope it was worth it. Good stuff. Cool. Yeah. Right. Thanks, everyone. We'll try and be back um, before the next season, you know, before it gets to winter, <laughs> end of winter or Christmas or something, and all in shorts again. Um, it, is, it is hard work trying to go through that many games and remember everything. But yeah. Anyway, right. Thanks, everyone, and see you soon. Good job. Good job.